So hey, and welcome back to the Expert Edge. Uh, today I have got an absolute treat. Uh, we are bringing on Robin Long. She runs Lindywell. Uh, she serves uh, mainly women in wellness, but she runs the biggest online Pilates membership in the world. She is incredible. She's a great friend of mine. And in this conversation, we're going to dig deep into how to create wellness in yourself from a practical perspective and also grow a successful business. She's a living example of that. And I'm so, so stoked to bring her on to the Expert Edge podcast. She's also written a book recently, which is called Well to the Core. You can definitely go and check that out and grab that. Uh, but you, I think you're just going to have a, an amazing experience listening to this conversation. So let's get into it, uh, having a conversation about producing wellness in your life with Robin Long. You are listening to the Expert Edge podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. Well, Robin Long, welcome to the Expert Edge. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> now, we've been friends for many years. Uh, I feel like it's it's kind of funny. I feel like we've like grown up together. Yeah. Because, because like even though, you know, we've known each other for about five or six years now, or probably six years or so, um, both of our businesses were still like in that infancy stages yeah. when we first kind of met in a mastermind and it's I'm just so stoked it's been well overdue to have you on the podcast because you are just an absolute powerhouse and an incredible friend um, so I'm excited to explore this conversation with you about um, health and wellness and being a business owner and a mum I know we have a huge uh, female listenership so um, to kick off, I'd love to hear a little bit about like you, just so the audience can really understand who you are uh, as a mom, as a parent, as a business owner, a little bit about what you do and help, how you help people. Sure. So I am a Pilates instructor. That's how I started. So I spent many years teaching Pilates in person. That was my first passion, really fell in love with Pilates as a method of exercise, but also a method of really self-care and connection to my body. It helped me through some really challenging things in my life and was teaching Pilates, you know, in person traditionally, um, but eventually started teaching it online. So that was about 14 years ago, um, which is kind of wild to say out loud long before digital fitness was what it is now. So it was very experimental in the beginning, just having fun with it. Started with blogging and filming on my iPhone and um, starting these online programs that it has just grown and evolved over the years, uh, very organically in a lot of ways into what it is now. So I run, I'm now the CEO and founder of Lindywell, which is a platform to find Pilates workouts, breath work, uh, recipes. But more than that, we really have a community and approach that is centered around helping women, although everyone is welcome, to <laughs> redefine their relationship with exercise, health, and their body. So we take a very countercultural approach. So if anyone has ever experienced guilt or shame or overwhelm 
around their body, around exercise, around trying to, you know, follow that diet plan or follow that workout plan. We have an approach that really is realistic and countercultural to the messages we receive in the fitness industry in a lot of ways. So that's what I do for work. I'm super passionate about it all these years later. Um, we have a team that is all remote. So I lead our company, you know, from home. I work with my husband, Matt, which I know you know Matt as well. So yeah, that's been fun. And we have four kids. So uh, you know, just a few things going on. The kids are now 10, eight, and then our twins just turned five. So we are coming out of those little baby years, very similar to you, Colin. Like we're we're done with naps. You know, we're done with diapers. Uh, we're kind of coming out of the fog just a little bit, but still have pretty young kids with a lot going on and a lot of logistics day, day, day to day. Yeah, I know there's a lot going on. Now, um, you, you have this kind of like shift in philosophy, which I think has really obviously resonated well with the market. Um, you run now the biggest Pilates online platform in the world. Uh, it is, you know, you are, like I mentioned, you're an absolute powerhouse. When we first met, um, I can't remember how many members you had. It was probably like, what, like a couple of hundred or something? Yeah, thousand, I'm trying or... to think. Yeah, it was probably around maybe a thousand at the time. A thousand members. Maybe? And can you share how many members? Just so people can understand the scale of what you do. Yeah. So now we say we have tens of thousands of members, but nice. we are <laughs> in over 100 countries around the world. So it's, like growing and expanding, but it's really cool to see just how far reaching it is. You know, members in South Africa and Ireland and the UK and, you know, in Mexico, we have members all over. And so it's really cool that we're all meeting together in this shared passion and shared approach to exercise, but in so many different places around the world. <laughs> so I love how modest Robin is. You like is how I skirted about... that just a little bit? <laughs> Tens of thousands. <laughs> I love, I love that. We'll take away the multiples. And um, I, what I just, you know, what I love about you as well is you, like just your dedication to, and I, and I, I think what's cool is the reason why I wanted to bring you on the expert edge is um, obviously to extract your philosophy around how you manage your health and your lifestyle and what you teach, but also just for people to be exposed to someone who um, is has been able to build something at a very significant level and also build a family and uh, marriage and have connections. Now, obviously, there is tons of complexity to that and there's tons of challenges and all that sort of stuff. But I just love that you are, you know, a working, living example of that. And so on that topic, when it comes to building a business as a as a business owner, very busy, maybe you've got kids, maybe you're a mom already, maybe you're a dad, you've got all this complexity. What for you has been um, the kind of the, the transition and the kind of shifts or ideas that have helped you in maintaining your physical and mental health and actually building your business? Like what are some of the things that you, that you would recommend to online business owners just like us yes. to kind of manage that, including myself? It's a great <laughs> question. And I love that you ask it because I don't think my answer, or I, I even want to position where I come from, from the very beginning, because yeah. I think when someone sees, oh, she's in the fitness industry, I get this all the time. Like they assume I love working out. 
I'm always in the gym. I love drinking protein shakes. And like, that's like the, the, yeah, <laughs> the picture classic. of a fitness person. And I'm not that <laughs> I am. I haven't been to a gym. I can't even tell you the last gym I've been to. I probably went to one in a hotel, you know, at some point in the last few years when I was on a trip, but I am not like a gym rat. I am not this hardcore fitness person. I am someone who is really, really passionate about wellness. And that comes from a journey of struggling with body image, over-exercising, um, you know, not even when I was over-exercising, even just when I'm just trying to get motivated to exercise, but doing it from a foundation of really trying to lose weight, look better, punish myself for food I ate, just do the thing, check the box, you know, this rhythm that we all get in, that's what I was really stuck in. And I go into a lot of that in my book. So we can go as far or as shallow as you want in that. But I want to set the stage for that because I think it's really important and into what I believe about what it means to truly be well and take care of yourself. Mm. When you are a business owner, when you do have a lot going on in your life, you have, whether it's children or just multiple businesses you run, or you volunteer and you've, you've got a lot going on, your self-care, your wellness routine has to be prioritized. But in order to do that, it has to be very realistic and very mm. sustainable. I see a lot of people get really excited, you know, especially with the new year coming around and get really excited. They get really motivated. Yes. They listen to this one person give this talk and they're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going on this whole journey and I'm going to overhaul my entire life. Well, we know that 98% of diets do not work. 98% of people who go on diets, traditional diets, do not stick with it. And they either gain all the weight back or gain more. So mm -hmm. that is studied and a fact. So we, you know, again, not that there's anything wrong with looking at the food you're eating and trying to nourish yourself with that, but how we approach this really matters. So I'm big on small changes, short workouts. It has to be realistic for your schedule. If it feels like it overwhelms you, you're not going to stick with it for very long. So when I am trying to help people get started, I say, honestly, do set your goal, whether that's, you know, maybe you want to do four workouts a week, or maybe you want to uh, drink a hundred ounces of water a day. I always say, set that goal and then make it a little smaller. <laughs> like actually tone <laughs> it back so a bit. And they're like, wait, aren't you supposed to be like a trainer, like pushing me? No, because I know how habit formation works. I know how mm -hmm. human psychology works and behavioral psychology. So actually making it as small as you possibly can. So maybe you, you say, I want to start working out four days a week. You know what? Let's start with three days and let's start for 30 minutes at a time. First, build a habit into your routine. Prove to yourself that you can do it. Attach your feelings to how that develops in your life, right? Start to notice those small gains that you have, whether it's more energy, better sleep, an improved mood. Build that first, and then we can add on. Then we could go to that next level. You could get that fancy supplement. You could buy that sauna. You could do those cold plunges, whatever it might be. But it, especially as entrepreneurs, people get like really overzealous and then it only, and then it peters out over time. So I like to bring it back to the basics and habit formation. <laughs> that is so true. I love this. <laughs> Just reduce that goal a little bit. Great goal. Now dial it yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I know that your philosophy is uh, grace over guilt uh, and how people get into guilt cycles with like, I haven't done enough or they should on themselves and all that sort of stuff. Um, talk to us about 
more about like some of the like the mindset things that you like to put in place when it comes to wellness. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? What are some of like maybe even the misbeliefs that people have that kind of stop them from building that wellness into their life? So many. And I love that you're starting here because most people skip this step. They just go to, and I get these in my DMs. I get this in my email. What should I be doing for a workout? What should I be What's eating? What's the workout? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just tell me what to do. And we're like, oh man, we missed the very important part of how we're thinking about things, the mental side of things. We know as entrepreneurs or as you know, business owners, high performers, we know that the mindset matters. So in my book, the first chapter is called Reframe. And because it doesn't matter what workout plan I give you, it doesn't matter what you know, food plan you are following, if you don't first start to uncover some of the beliefs that you have about health, about yourself, about what it actually means to be well, you're just going to stay in the same pattern that you've been in for a long time. So I love that you asked this question. So two, there's, there's five reframes in the book, but two that really come up that I want to highlight is first, um, you mentioned grace over guilt. So this mantra can be a game changer and I've seen it be a game changer for so many people. Many of us get stuck in that guilt and shame cycle. So we start a new workout plan or we start with an intention of changing something in our life. And this can relate to business as well. This can relate to any area of your life, right? I hear our members say all the time, like, I took this, but now I apply it to my parenting or now I apply it to my work, trying to build a business and I'm using this. So what many of us do, let's say we say we want to um, start a new workout plan and we start following it. And then we, of course, life happens, skip a day, skip two days, skip three days before we know it. We're like, oh, you know, do I start back at the beginning? Do I give up? What do I do? And we get stuck in that guilt and shame. And what that does is it keeps us stuck. So we think a lot of us will subconsciously think if I'm just beat myself up a little bit more, if I'm a little harder on myself, I'll actually get motivated. Then I'll like do the thing. But we actually know that this is not how it works. So when we shift it to a perspective of self-compassion, to being more compassionate with yourself and taking more of a long-term view, you have an opportunity to say, you know what? One day, I'm going to extend a little grace to myself. You know, my kid got sick or I had a work deadline come up or whatever it might be. Things are out of our control. And I'm just going to say grace. And I'm going to let it go there. And I'm going to start again tomorrow. What this does is then unlocks the ability to be more consistent and unlocks it's so much easier to move forward when you don't get stuck in that, you know, moment of guilt and shame that becomes this whole spiral of, I can never do this. I never stick with anything. I'm a failure. All of these things that we apply to ourselves that aren't actually true. And that ties right into one of the other reframes, which is letting go of the all or nothing mentality. A mm. lot of us get stuck in this one. And you find it creep in. Again, this could be related to health. It could be related to work, right? Business. We, we know that even with that, we think, oh, we got to have this perfect social media plan before we really start posting regularly on social media, you know? Or we think we've got to have the full business plan figured out before we really get started on that new project. Well, the same is true for health and wellness. So many of us think this can come up in terms of, I've got to have an hour to do my workout or I don't do it at all right? Well, I'm all about those 10 minute workouts, 15 minute workouts, especially if you are a busy per person or busy parent, yeah. sometimes 15 minutes is all you can find time for. <laughs> Do not got. undervalue that because that's what I've been doing for years and yeah. it works. It adds up. So 
could be in that way. It could also be in that bigger perspective, right? Either I'm going all on the diet or I'm going all on the workout plan or I'm doing nothing until January 1st rolls around or, Mm. you know, I start with that new trainer. So starting to recognize where the all or nothing mentality is coming up for you and saying, you know, I'm going to push back on that. I'm going to do the 15 minutes or I'm going to just go for a walk today or I am going to do this, you know, post or whatever it might be can change everything in terms of consistency and motivation. I'm wondering about when you, because I'm sure a lot of, you know, especially women will relate with you a lot uh, and probably some men um, growing up and, you know, building wellness into your lifestyle. What were some like personal kind of barriers that maybe you've written about in the book and things that have come up that you had to overcome um, to really get into a good mindset and healthy perspective on on your wellness? Yeah, I share a lot about this in the book because I'm, I struggled big time with my body image. Um, so I was, I hated the way I looked. I was so hard on myself. I wanted to look physically different. I always wanted to be thinner, always wanted to be fitter, never felt good enough. And this is a very common theme for women, but men too. Um, I hear this all the time with, with men and it's not even talked about as much. Um, so I, you know, there were a lot of unhealthy patterns that I had. One was really that exercise as a whole was a means to an end. So it was always connected to weight, weight loss, Mm. or it was always connected to my aesthetic, right? Like, what do I look like? How big are my thighs? (laughs) What size pants am I wearing? What does the scale say? When I operated in that way, I, it was just this negative attachment to exercise, right? Like Mm. it was never actually enjoyable when I was focusing on really on what I wanted to fix about myself. So over the years, going through the journey of, I say now, focusing on how you want to feel instead of what you want to fix about your body can Mm. change things significantly. So now where does my motivation come from? It does not come from the scale. It does not come from the size of my jeans. I've had to work really hard. And I think we all do because culture tells us that's the most important thing about us. And it's not. Um, so we have to push back on that messaging and and that takes a lot of work and intentionality, but when I can shift to, okay, what do I want to feel really energetic, right? I want my business to be really successful in order to do that. I've got to be able to make it through the day (laughs) with energy, right? And I have had times in my life where I haven't been able to, by the afternoon, I'm so tired. My brain is done. I just want to go lay down. So energy is now a huge motivator. That's how I want to feel. I want to feel really strong. You know, when I'm hiking with my kids, literally, you'll relate to this, Colin, literally, I'm sometimes hiking, carrying a five-year-old or an (laughs) eight-year-old up a hill. And I want to be able to do that without back pain and without saying, I'm sorry, like I, we can't do this or I can't do those activities. That is not always something that is in your control. And I want to make sure that I share that. Like, Sometimes we have injuries or things in our life. So I always want to make sure like I say that caveat because I'd never want to layer on guilt for someone who is doing their best to feel strong and feel healthy, yet they're coming up against an injury or something that is holding them back. But I, we all have that desire of, I want to feel a certain way. So when we can attach the reason we're taking care of ourselves more towards those feelings and less about what we want to fix about ourselves, 
that's something that has been really powerful for me um, to detach those from each other. Mm. Yeah, I love that. In terms of in terms of Pilates itself, you started off as a Pilates instructor, uh, and then you went online, which is like the classic, you know, move of of today. Is yeah. like you're you're kind of good at something, and then let's go online, and and a lot of people, you know, don't work it out. You have um, why Pilates, but I personally haven't done much Pilates. I think I've done like two Pilates workouts in my entire life. We're gonna up that um, number. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get we you going. <laughs> totally. So why Pilates? Like what what for like convince me, yes. Robin, oh, of why easy. Pilates? Easy. No, okay. I will. And now but by the way, I'm easy to convince because I love Pilates, <laughs> by the way. So I just like buy anything that someone tells me. So so please, I'm an open book. <laughs> no, it's okay. I feel like I spend every day of my life trying to convince everyone that Pilates is the thing, but I believe yeah. that it is. And and I believe that it is for everyone. And that's actually something I was even thinking about this morning. I was doing a weights workout and I was like, I, after this, I need to make sure I do some Pilates. Like even the fact that I was lifting weights made me like need Pilates even more because I was feeling tight in my shoulders. I was feeling stiffer in my hips. And I was like, I need to make sure to get some good movement and rotation in my body after this stuff before I go into my day. So that's a little caveat. But Pilates for me, um, had a significant impact on my anxiety levels. So I was dealing with very crippling anxiety at the time I found it. Um, it helped tremendously. Um, it also helped with this shift of relation to my body and to exercise. And a lot of that comes from the fact that it is such a mind body exercise. And we hear that like, Ooh, mind body. What does that really mean though? Think of the benefits of meditation right? Where you are using focus and quieting your mind and being very present and pairing it with strength building body weight exercises. That's what you're doing in Pilates. Then add in the benefit of breath and breath work. And you've got this incredible, um, powerful form of movement where when you are in a workout, you, if you're doing it quote unquote, right, you are not thinking about what's your to-do list in the afternoon. You're not thinking about who you need to get back to in text. You're literally through every exercise, you're thinking about where is your body in space? Is your spine aligned? Are your abs drawn in? Can you lengthen your leg a little bit farther? Can you open up your chest muscles to release the tension? Like all of these cues keep your mind very connected to your body. And what that does is gives you the benefits of focus, better concentration, um, reduced anxiety, reduced stress, but also you're getting strength building and mobility at the same time. When you add the breath component, we mm. know how powerful our breath is, right? When we are actually getting the oxygen that we need and even restoring proper breathing patterns, which I could do a whole podcast about another time, <laughs> but then we start to fuel our brain better with that oxygen. We increase our energy, we boost our immunity, we reset our nervous system. So all of these things, and most people only talk about the core strength benefits. That's a huge part of it too. It's the best thing you can be doing for your core and for your mobility. So put all that together, Colin, that's why you should be doing Pilates. (laughs) And even if you're a cyclist or a runner, then this is a compliment to those activities to make sure that you can keep doing those things for years to come without injury and keeping your body really strong and supported through those other activities. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is you get mobility increase, 
strength increase, like core strength. You and then you also get like the the sense of presence and which brings joy in mm-hmm. your life and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Um it's funny actually one of our common friends, Justin Donald, uh, who runs Lifestyle Investor, he has been preaching to me lately about Pilates because he's like right he's like, guys, I'm so into Pilates. And so um I, I had to pay him out first and then <laughs> and then I started to actually think about it. That's that's just our relationship. <laughs> I love it. I love that. That's yeah, funny. So that's kind of the journey. By the way, guys, we haven't mentioned the name of Robin's book, which is Well to the Core. If you if people want to get a hold of your book, what's the best place to grab that? Yes, you can buy it anywhere books are sold. So you can go to Amazon, you can go to Barnes and Noble, bookshop.org. You can also go to our website, lindywell.com. And then there's a spot there that kind of shows you all the retailers where you can find it. Yeah, so good. Now, uh, a little bit more as well about your business journey I'd love to explore because I know a lot of the listeners are course creators, membership owners, experts, and so forth. Um, In terms of you and how you run your business, what's been um, kind of like for you in terms of growing your business, how have you stayed motivated with Mm -hmm. being focused on one particular topic for so long? Because that is a big thing. I, I find a lot of people change their niche, their angle so much. You are a testament to someone who has a narrow focus, a yeah. narrow message to a specific audience for 14 years. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. And, and, but you're a testament to someone who's done that long term and then has seen the, the success of that and, right. and grown in it. Um, how do you stay motivated with your topic and stay connected to that and keep evolving? Yeah, it's a great question. I love that you mentioned that consistency and uh, focus because I do think that is something that is hard for people to do. And I am not joking when I say to this day, some of our blog posts, some of our social medias, some of our email topics, I was saying the exact same thing 14 years ago. <laughs> like it has been so repetitive. Of course, we're saying it in new yeah. ways, sometimes adapting, you know, different yeah. types of content, but that's the level of like posting constantly, emailing consistently for 14 years. Um, that I think a lot of people don't see that, right? When you look at a, a person or a company, you don't yeah. see the, constant consistency behind the scenes. So I share that like as a, it's not pretty, it's not glamorous. It's not a new thing here and there all the time, but that's the consistency that builds community and builds a brand that can be really trusted and really relied on. And we have evolved over time. No, you know, in many ways we've involved, evolved our message. We even rebranded the company last year. So it's not that there's not evolution in there, but one of the things I've done is I've I've found I had to harness my creativity and my desire to create new things within that clear, Mm -hmm. narrow focus of what we are about at LendyWell. So I found different ways to do that. So I, cause I love the creation process. So I Mm -hmm. would, if, if, if left unchecked and if I didn't have a team that would probably fall apart, if I was changing my mind constantly. I would like to create a new program over here and a new offering over there and a new this and a new that. I love that. So I found ways to channel that. So, you know, within our 
community, that's a new series that I want, you know, our mm. community to really lean into. It's a new arm. We're now into breath work. We've brought on a whole breath work side of the business. So there is like within the umbrella of focus of what is our purpose? Who are we talking to? What are we about? There's still lots of newness. And then as you know, as a business owner, there's always a new challenge. It's like that messaging isn't working like it used to. That ad isn't, you know, that ad funnel isn't converting in the way that it used to. We have to try something new here. We need to re-engage our members. We have a membership. So retention is a huge focus for us. That requires, especially now more than ever, because the landscape has changed, people want new content all the time. So it requires us coming up with new ideas, new initiatives, new challenges for our community, new series that feels fresh and new. So while it is a singular focus, there's a lot of room for creativity within that. And so I think people who do like to start new things all the time, finding the ways to challenge, uh, channel that can be really powerful. And I also stay motivated because I genuinely believe the mm. purpose and the passion of what we're doing, like yes. down to my bones. It is literally what I live. Um, I can't think any other way. <laughs> and so hearing the messages in our community every single day from people having their lives changed, from people, um, you know, experiencing the benefits, we share that as a team constantly in Slack. We're constantly posting messages from members of our community. And it's like, this is why we do what we do, even when it's hard. And that keeps me, motiv me motivated as well. Yeah. What does, I'm sure people would be interested in just understanding like your routine in terms of, you know, as a mom, as a business owner, what does your routine look like, like on a daily basis and maybe, maybe a weekly basis, some of the rhythms yeah. that you've put in place that have helped you to maintain wellness through growing your business? Yes. I love to share how this evolves over time mm -hmm. because depending on where you're at in your journey, it can look different. So you don't always want to compare yourself to a person who's in a totally different stage of life and business as you are. You can get inspiration from that, but you might, but maybe it doesn't work for you in that season. So I think it's important to say like early on, I had, I think just one kid, maybe two, you know, somewhere around there and earlier stages of the business. Um, we had maybe hired one person to help us with the business. Matt was still having another career. So it was just me. Didn't have a lot of childcare. So at that time, you know, I was working every nap time. You know, I got my kids on a really good sleep schedule <laughs> because I needed to work. So nap time working, after bedtime working, waking up early. At, you know, I would get up at 4.30, drive down to Starbucks, spend a couple hours blogging and responding to my clients and then get home so Matt could go to work. Right. So early on, that's what it looked like. I loved what I did though. Like I loved, you know, working and doing the things I was doing. So it was fun for me. So early on, I think that is what it looked like. And that was important. And then it's just evolved. So now I live and die by my calendar. Mm -hmm. My calendar is time blocked nearly every hour of the day. Um, so that I know exactly what I'm doing, where I'm do supposed to be, um, ahead of time. So that is something I have, you know, I have an assistant that I work with that on every week now, so I could get into the nitty gritty 
But is time- your business and personal calendar on the same calendar? Yes. Is it connected? Yep. Yeah, same, yeah. Yep. All in yeah, one so place. You put all your personal stuff and your business stuff, everything's just in one space. Absolutely. So if you were to look at my calendar today, you would see a time block first thing this morning. That's my workout time. Then a time yeah. block to get ready for the day. That's when I shower, you know, get ready, get dressed. Yeah. <laughs> but that's blocked in my calendar because that's what's that's happening important. from, you know, 6.30ish to 7, depending on if I have to wash my hair. Um, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, I'm with the kids. That's I'm getting them dressed, making breakfast, getting them out the door for school. 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, that's school drop-off. I'm driving them there, probably grabbing a coffee on the way home, but it's blocked, right? So I know exactly where I am, what I'm doing. When I come back to my office, it's blocked hour by hour, whether it's a meeting, whether it's I have a something happening next week and I need to prepare for those, you know, team annual performance mm, reviews. That's so what I, I'm bad at. I have those two hours blocked. Stuff to prepare. Yeah. So I used to be the same way and I would get to the end of my day and I would feel like, oh my God, I, had, I didn't get anything done. Like, I have all this other stuff. And, and I realized like literally I was saying yes and committing to more things that there are actually time for in the day. Mm. And so once I started this time blocking strategy, I, it, made, it made me be really honest with myself about what's possible. And then also with my team about what's possible. It's like, okay, I can't do that this week. So if that's a priority, we need to move something else. Um, and that has allowed me to figure out those boundaries better for myself and my team. Um, and it's not always perfect, but it at least puts some, and so that's even in there, you know, then it's like, pick up the kids with kids after school. Um, and so that's how I manage it. And that's how I make time for the movement or the exercise. Cause if it's not in that time block, it will not happen. It just won't. It just won't happen. No. Hey, it's so true. Yeah, I, I, th- I know for me when I'll let's say like I connect, I commit to like a workshop or something, and it's like, oh, the workshop's only two hours, but oh, but I forget to totally. add the five hours of preparation that needs to be added to totally. it. Totally, totally. That was a yeah. huge learning for me, and still is to this day. And so I am yeah. working a lot with my assistant to say, I want you know you to also be helping me look ahead to say, oh, if you're going to be giving this presentation. <laughs> You know, that's going to require three hours or you have your team summit coming up. Well, to host that team summit, even though my assistant is handling the whole event, I still have like five different, you know, things I need to lead at it or more. So I need time ahead of time to be doing that. And otherwise I get there and I'm like, oh my gosh, the night before the day before, you know, I'm so unprepared. Yeah. (laughs) So it's been a game changer. (laughs) It's so good. I'm curious, like early on in your business, when you're growing your membership, what were some big investments that you think most people don't make that you did make that made the difference? Ooh, that's a good question. Early on, um, yeah, the investment, honestly, of personal connection with people is the first thing that comes to mind. So the investment of really trying to build community. Um, so that really at, in the early days, that was time. So I used to do things like set up accountability buddies with people in our community. So I would have them fill out this type form and I would match them by interest, by age level, by like ridiculous. I don't actually recommend that. I've yeah. learned that that was way too intense. So you don't need to go to that level. But what it does show is early on, 
taking the time to truly build community, help people in the community and be seen, be heard, feel a part of something. I think you cannot go wrong when you do that, whether you have a large membership and now it just has to look different or you have a small, you know, you have coaching clients, you know, or you have um, a smaller client base, but the personal touch there um, is something that I used from the very beginning of my Pilates days. I, when I was a Pilates instructor, I knew I was not the best Pilates instructor, right? I was just getting started out, starting out. I didn't have the experience. Um, so I, I knew I was, had a deficit on the, how good of an instructor I was, but I'm like, can I make up for that by being really, really thoughtful? And what do people really want? They want to be seen. They want to feel appreciated. So I would send handwritten notes to my clients. I would send them emails and say, Hey, Shelly, I just noticed you've been so consistent and you've been showing up to class every day. And I know you're very busy in life right now. Just wanted to let you know, I noticed that, right? My class is booked up with wait lists for four plus months. And I was the newest Pilates instructor. It was because of making them feel seen, knowing their first names when they came in, you know, sending them thank you notes around Thanksgiving to just say how much I appreciate their business and how much I appreciate they come to my class. These things matter. So early on, I was really committed to that. And then today we now obviously can't do that for every single person, but we have an amazing care team. Our, you know, that's our customer support, but they're called our care team because that's what they actually do. They send surprise and delights to our members. They send personal responses to every single person who emails in. Um, We do as much as we can. We send when someone's going through grief and they post about it in our Facebook group, they're going to get a handwritten note from our team. Um, We still invest in that. And I love it. Our members love it. And it actually, our team members love it. So it really Mm -hmm. helps their engagement as well because they're empowered and they even have funds that they are allowed to, you know, use and deploy to provide amazing care and support for our members. And so that's something that I would say is worth investing in no matter what size your business. I love that. And so, you know, like you've obviously built an incredible community and people hang around, uh, which makes memberships profitable. Like right. when people actually hang around, it makes them successful, profitable because people want to refer it as well. Um, and I know almost all of my friends are members of your, your program as well. So uh, it's so good. Um, what about from more like as well, even like a marketing front? Yes. Um, cause I know you've spent a lot of money on ads, a yep. lot of money on growing, you know, we met in a high level mastermind. Yes. Um, Ooh, you know, what are some one. other things that you've grown in and invested in that, you know, some people you would say, like, if they shy away from this, they're probably not going to, you know, there's yeah. a lot less potential of seeing the growth and success they have. Yes. Three things come to mind. You gave me two of them. So thank you. Um, yeah. well, but they, they come to mind because I was so hesitant to invest in them. And I Mm. waited a little bit long on some of them. So if I were to do it again, I wouldn't have waited so long. So the first is hiring. So that first hire I made, um, was a game changer. Mm. And so, you know, we wait on that and it's just, for me, it was just an assistant. I mean, that wasn't even her title. I think it was customer service, but she was basically just helping me deliver on stuff. So but that can be a big, something we're hesitant to do. So hiring, whether that's that first person for you or whether you're now, I mean, now, as I'm looking at it, I'm like, 
really recognizing the difference of when I hire high performing talent mm-hmm. versus the easier hire that's more affordable. So it just changes based on where you're at in your stage, but investing yeah. in people in whatever stage you're able to has always paid off for me. And I highly recommend it Two, joining that mastermind. That first mastermind was a game changer. And that's where mm-hmm. we met. It was for so <laughs> many of us. Literally. I remember watching that video. There was like the sales video for this mastermind, <sighs> seeing the price going, Oh my gosh, people <laughs> charge that like blown away showing it to my husband, Matt saying, just watch this. I promise. I mean, I'm never going to join this. Like I know it's ridiculous. So crazy. And he watches it and he's like, that's cool. But are you kidding me? (laughs) You know, that price point (laughs) for whatever reason, something came over me. We decided to do it. It was totally outside of our comfort zone at the time. Mm -hmm. And I have never looked back on that. So worth every penny because of the group that I got to be a part of, the people, the access that I had, the learning that came out of that. And it shifted when you do, and whether this is coaching or whether it's a mastermind, I know you probably say this all the time, but it does shift the way you see yourself and the way you show up. It really does. When you are investing at a higher level, that's a bit of a stretch. You then there that that increases how you are viewing yourself and that pushed a lot of things forward for me so that's one or that's the second can i say that before you share yeah, the last one please. i know for me because i lived in australia at the time yeah, when oh, i right. when i applied to that and i remember seeing the price and i was like oh no i'm not going to join no, never. that that's yeah. like, <laughs> never <laughs> plus cost plus plus like traveling and i was australian dollar so it was like even less oh, uh, or even more yeah. Um, and then I remember I said, I showed it to Sarah, my wife, who I know you're great friends with. And she was like, no, no, that's, you've got to do that. Oh. And like, she was actually the reason why I enjoyed that initially. So, Go um, Sarah. <laughs> which is just cool. Um, but yes, I know for me, every program, and I feel like you and I have like joined three or four programs together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know so we're on like, the same track. We're on a parallel. Totally. It's like, I basically, I, I joke on the podcast a lot of like, I, I pay for all my friends. Yeah. Like I pay to get friends. <laughs> we do. Um, <laughs> but I'm totally happy to do that because it's turned that's out where great. I, oh, it's turned out amazing. <laughs> um, so uh, that that's just I know for me every program I've joined um, where it's been a like a solid investment. I've always got so many amazing things from it. So yeah, um, love that you shared that. And what else? What else, what's another investment? Yes, you? I agree. And we're still investing in that to this day in different ways. Yes, and and every time. I would say almost every time I can point to a relationship or learning or something that came out of that, that I would not have had access to or would not have known before. So mm-hmm. that is, that has been huge. Um, the third thing that I was going to say is, I can't remember. Marketing. Sorry, uh, hold on. Yes. Okay. Ad? Yeah. Can you edit that part out or no? Oh, no, there's no edits on this show, Robin. <laughs> We we just we just deal okay, it out. That we is dish a blooper. It out. Okay. All right. <laughs> Third thing. Thank you. Ads. Yes. Um yeah. when we met, I had not paid for any advertising. So I was just doing it all organically. And that was actually working pretty well. Mm. But I had a resistance. I had some kind of and I think a lot of people do. I had I this idea well. that organic is better. <laughs> if I can do it organically, 
you know, that makes me better somehow. <laughs> yes, it's more. And then yeah. it it took being around people who were doing advertising and, and investing in that way for me to have a, a shift in point of view to say, actually, <laughs> I'm being kind of dumb by not doing this because I, at the time, I could invest $1 in and get $3 out, you know, or however it was at the time. But once I recognized that and was willing to start to shift my mindset around that, uh, that was a huge turning point. Huge. So I always say that early on, I was not raised with much of an investment mentality. I thought of everything as an expense and I still do. And I still have to work around that. That's like, just save money at all costs or spend as little as possible, you know, because that's smart. That's the wise thing to do. And so it has been a big shift for me over the years to think of things as investing. That may sound really dumb to some people. That may sound really like elementary, but when you're not raised with an investment mentality, every it's, it's all just spend as little as possible. And that will, that can come back to actually hurt you. And I still, to this day, needing to now make larger investments and have to be more calculated and strategic with those investments. Some pay off, some not as much, but there are some there where if you can start questioning yourself, is this an investment into my business where there will be an ROI? That's not the same as just an expense out the door. Mm. No, I 100% agree with those three things. Uh, For me, I've been thinking about lately about the idea that I feel like to be successful in this industry, all you need to do is, first of all, you need to keep going. Yeah. Like most people quit uh-huh. uh, and having a community around you is crucial to that. But you've got to also keep growing because there's lots of people who keep going. But if they don't keep growing through new new ads, new investments, new team, then they, they just stay at the same level. And you meet them five years later and they're still at the same level in their business, in their life and their income. And it's like, and it's fine, but it's like, you know, they could have just you know, gone to another level. So yeah, I think and those I'm, three. I'm even so running into that right now, like mm. in a different way, right? There's always, you get yeah. to a new point and then there's just a new challenge that shows up at a different level. So mm. even if, for me in the last two years, you know, we had it down. We had it, our bread and butter, our challenges two times a year. Yep. I was doing challenges early, early on and they were crushing and it was like, mm. no one else was doing them. <laughs> now there's challenges everywhere yeah. and advertising landscapes have changed. Privacy laws have changed. A lot of things have changed. COVID happened. So the market with digital fitness got flooded with new people mm. in competition. So I've been having to go through that same thing, just in terms to go back to your growth of, man, there are some ways where I'm like, can't we just do what we've always done? can't we go back to what's always worked and it doesn't work mm. the same anymore. So having to continually evolve, even when it's, you don't want to, or it's uncomfortable to say what's working now, how do we re-strategize this whole thing and it takes a lot of trial and error. And how do we make sure we have the team we need mm. to change what we're doing mm. and think about things differently. So it's just an ongoing process that, yeah, the growth never stops. Well, that's great to hear for people because you're at, you're at a very high level in this industry. And so like, it's cool to just hear that, I think, honestly, from, from someone yeah. at your level, uh, which is just amazing. Now, there's going to be people who uh, have heard this, Robin, and they're like, okay, I need to join Robin's membership. I need to be a part of Lindy Well, um, or I need to learn more about it. I need to grab the book. What's the best place for them to go 
Uh, and I know that your membership, you know, it's it's not a it's not a massive investment. It's it's a you know it's yeah. it's a lower priced membership, and it's a small investment into your health um, that that can make a huge difference. So yeah. so where can they go to get access to that and all that sort of stuff? Yes. So just head to lindywell.com. That's our website, and there you can find information on the membership. It's Pilates, it's breath work, it's nutrition. We have recipes created by registered dietitians. So you can just go in there and know that you're getting like really high quality balanced recipes. So it's all right there for you. It's a very reasonable um, investment. We didn't even talk about in the same way investing in your health, like same mm. application, if not more important than even business, <laughs> being willing to actually yeah. invest it's in your health. System. It's right. one system. Your yes. health and your business is one system. Exactly. When your health is well, your business goes better. Absolutely. your health is bad, your business doesn't go as well. It's so true. And we know that we've experienced that. So as CEOs, as entrepreneurs, as founders, investing in our health has got to be top priority. So just going to lindywell.com, you can find all of that. You can find the book. Um, also on Instagram at wearelindywell is another fun place to kind of learn what we're about and get all the details. And I saw, Robin, that you won... 2023 best Pilates app of the year from Women's Health. Yes, that was fun. Cool, right? <laughs> That's so yeah. cool. Like, guys, I want you to realize, like, Robin's stuff is the real deal. It's legit. Um, so ca can't recommend her high enough. Like, she's just amazing. Uh, now, one last question, Robin, as we close out today. Uh, you know, we've been friends for years. Uh, you're just an amazing human being. I'm excited about our friendship continuing to grow in your business and all of life and so forth. But imagine it is the end of your life. Imagine your friends, your colleagues, your family are standing around and they're talking about Robin Long. They're talking about who she was and what she represented to people. What would be your hope that they would whisper to each other about you? You're going to make me cry. I'm a very sensitive person. I'm going to act. I can picture myself here right now in this moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that I, I would hope that they were whispering that she was the most generous person that we know that, um, had a strong dedication to everyone around her supporting and making everyone around her feel loved. I think that's, <laughs> that would be the best thing anyone could say. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Well, you are incredibly generous. You've got a beautiful spirit about yourself and doing, doing amazing things for this world. So appreciate you have, uh, coming on the Expert Edge, Robin. Thank you. This is so fun. Thank you for having me. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.